All right. Welcome to another episode of Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. You know, I, I, I always I always say this whenever I say that part it makes me feel all vain. Like I have like I have my own crew. <laughs> <laughs> and my band of cronies. It always sounds better when Blue says it. So Blue, uh, I got we got Odie in the house who's hosting tonight. Hey guys, but don't tell that lie though. It doesn't sound better when Blue says it. It just sounds, it sounds sold, I guess. He does a better job at selling it. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about better though. Better is a stretch. Yeah. And then um, we may have Mr. Blue popping in and out, say in the next 10, 15 minutes. And then um, we may have Mercedes popping in and out as well. But we got a lot to talk about. So we're going to jump right into it. We're going to start with a little, with something I don't normally have a lot of on the show, a little bit of humanity here. Okay. I want you to bear with me here. Uh, you know, Which, uh, my- just for the record too, I like, I love the fact that you threw this in there. I was like, and it's perfect. Cause this, I mean, it's just in the nick of time because pride month is coming to a close, but yeah, I love that you threw this in there, but go ahead. Yeah. So me and my friends, we love throwing memes back and forth, and I just had a meme that I posted like 15 minutes ago. It is basically uh, a girl, uh, these two black girls fighting, and one is on top of her throwing punches, and one is losing. And then the girl on the top, they put you know they put the signs next to them. The girl on the top is COVID-19. The girl on the bottom is Texas, Florida, and Arizona. And then there's a little boy on the lawn, like three feet away with his camera phone taping it and he's New York and New Jersey. Mm. <laughs> so I was, I, I saw that at lunchtime that literally made me laugh out loud. It made my stomach hurt with laughter because I'm like COVID-19 is just kicking the shit out of everybody. And it's, I got, we got to get some, I mean, all the people that have died, I guess we got to find some way to put a, a human face on it, to put a little bit of humor into the artist. We'll just start crying. That's how bad it is. But one of my friends posted a meme and I had to, and I had to share it and I had to put, you know, a little disclaimer on it that was like, look, you get the gist of it. <laughs> okay. It says, if your parents aren't accepting of your identity, I'm your mom now. Make sure you eat, take your vitamins, drink some water. I love you. It was simple, but it's to the point, you know, and Life, you know, some people are like, you know, like life is easy. No, it's not. Life is hard. Life is hard for the best of us. Life is hard for the worst of us. Life is hard for just people in general. Even if you got like a billion dollars, life can be hard sometimes. But life is even harder when who you are is always put into question. And you always have to justify yourself every day. Now, I will say this. I have friends. I don't, I have one. I don't even want to say that he's a a trans friend because we met gaming online and, you know, he was a, he was a woman and then he uh, transitioned into a, into a, into a man. Okay. And, um, what game were you guys playing? Just out of curiosity. I'm just curious what kind of gamer. World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Okay. Okay. So, I, I'll put it like this. I met a lot of people in World of Warcraft, and I put them in the in the the category of the coolest people I've never met in person. <laughs> so, some of us we've been friends for almost a decade, you know. But they, you know, being this World of Warcraft is an MMO, they're all over the country. You know, some are in Chicago, they're all over. But just because I have friends who are uh, 
gay or even people I know who are trans, it doesn't give me an inside track. Into or it's not. That's not how it works. Not, but you know, it's, um, so I'm super late to this party, mm-hmm. but I just started watching All American. And even though it wasn't a trans person, that was the focus of this. Right. It was definitely about um, a lesbian who came out to her mother and then her mother who was like the choir director which I mean look at the irony of that because we all know most of the choir most of the male choir directors usually are have a little sugar in a tank as the old folks say but um her mom was like the choir director and kicked her out which just seems so unchristlike. but to do it to your own kid is is mad wild yeah. um but that in a uh, pose like we see that happen in the first season like the very first episode these people end up homeless and then don't have a place like somebody to call mom or dad or a place to call home like you know my mom still lives in my childhood home that's where I grew up that's what I call home but yeah I couldn't imagine like somebody disowning me just because of who I am right watch you love and I couldn't imagine that happened to happening to anyone I know you know and and I I really felt that one. It, it just tugged at my heartstrings. Actually, it's tugged still at your heartstrings. It's still in there. What's that? The heart. Your heart is still in there. Uh oh. You talking? <laughs> <laughs> What's left of it? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> but um, it's. I think one of the things about. I don't want to just say it's a. A progressive thing because it, it's it's that would be ridiculous and selfish to say mm-hmm. but i think what makes some people compassionate is if you don't know much about a situation one of the things you could do is put yourself in that person's place and just see how that feels for a little while and just feel you know just how if people if you were trans or if you were gay and you came out to your best friends or you came out to uh, your family, and they just out and out rejected you. Like, how would that make you feel? You know, and there are people out there in, you know, just out there right now who are hurting every day. And it has a horrible effect on them. You know, it really does. And I, I will say this, you know, remember that these people are human beings at, 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 if you have to break it down to the basics, bare fucking minimum, yeah. At the bare minimum, that they are human beings. Now there are some people who are just that monstrous, you know. But put it like this: the Suicide Prevention Resource Center. I uh, pulled some stats on them today. They said that between five and ten percent of LGBT youth, depending on age and sex groups, have attempted suicide at a rate of one and a half to three times higher than heterosexual youth. Mm-hmm. Right. That is a lot. The, um, the, Williams Insti- the Williams Institute of Law, I think they're part of UCLA. They ran a bunch of studies, okay? I want you to bear with me on this. 98% of respondents who had experienced four instances of discrimination and violence in the past year thought about suicide that year. 51 of them attempted suicide. 51% of them attempted suicide that year, okay? Mm-hmm. 13% of respondents who had been denied equal treatment because they are transgender reported suicide attempts in the past year. 
6% of those who had not experienced such treatment reported uh, attempts last year. 11% um, of respondents who had been rejected from their families reported past year suicide attempts. 5% of those who had not experienced such rejection reported attempts in the past year. 30% of respondents who were physically attacked in a public place reported attempting suicide in the past year. 7% of those who were not uh, similarly attacked reported past year attempts. And 9% of respondents who wanted but did not receive gender affirming care reported past year suicide attempts. 5% of those who wanted and received affirming uh, care reported attempts in the past year. So the LGBT community, especially the trans community has a very high suicide rate. And the things we do to them, whether willingly or, 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 un, or unwittingly, you know, has an effect on that. So you might be thinking, what's this got to do with me? <laughs> you know, or, or if you're not uh, heartless, <laughs> what can I right. do to help? Right. So um, I was looking it up and there was actually a uh, website called uh, Shondaland. And, I'm, and, I, and I was looking up, I'm like, Okay. What does anything to do with Shonda Rhimes? I'm not of sure. Of course it does. Of oh, course okay. it does. Yeah. But there is that's an our, That's our production company. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so that's what she called her production company. Yep. She should just call it Shonda Rhimes Land so idiots like me can just put it together right away. <laughs> hey, well, when you as boss as she is, you can go by first names only. True. Well, I mean, if she, had, if she had a first name like Beyonce, you can go first name. Okay, well, Diana, Diana Ross, we know who that is. Just okay, saying. you got that. You got that. Just saying. Oh, and then who? And then who? Who's the first person on here on the human rights campaign? Shonda Rhimes. Yeah, I'm, I'm an idiot. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to go through every last organization because on this list there are 24 uh, LGBTQ organizations that you could support right now. So I'm just going to go over a couple of them and a human rights campaign. And, and almost all of these either have um, Instagram or Twitter accounts. So you can look into them and all that other stuff. So there's a human rights campaign and then Sh and Shonda Rhimes picture is right on the front of it. Uh, Snapco, you got um, the, Amer oh, the ACLU, the, uh, the, the, the standard. Yeah. Uh, the Keep black. Again, on me to get my, like to renew my shit, but yeah. I'm slacking. Uh, black AIDS institution. Um, National Center for Transgender Equality, uh, the Transcultural District, uh, the Trevor Project, which who, I, who I, I've heard of, uh, Breakout, uh, Somos Familia Valley, and I'm pretty sure I butchered that name. And, it, and from the looks of it, it's more for, uh, you know, uh, for Hispanics. Okay. Uh, the LGBTQ Freedom Fund, um, there's also stuff for immigration equality. Uh, let's see here. House of GG. I don't know what. Uh, oh, uh, Miss Mayor Griffin Gracie. I guess it's just House of GG. Uh, the Sylvia Rivera Law Project. And I forgot to, to add the picture, but it was also a, uh, a there's also a lot of law firms that specialize in uh, protecting LGBTQ uh, and especially trans people. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't 
know anybody who's trans or even anybody who's gay and you still want to do something, you could, I mean, even if you donate $5, you know, just something, you know, because I mean, the, the fight, I mean, just because, and, and I'm not, I'm going to be a jackass for this, but just because you see two gay guys kissing on TV doesn't mean that the struggle's over. There's still a long way to go. Oh, there's absolutely, not to mention when you start getting into the other isms that overlap into the LGBT uh, community. Like mm-hmm. I've seen even people within, you know, like within the spectrum, like within that community say like, <laughs> talking about Juneteenth isn't a thing because it, it can't overshadow Pride Month, which is mad wild. So yeah, just know if you're out here talking, if you're out here talking crazy, then the least you could do is just at least put some money there in, in its place so you don't sound crazy, strong or wrong. It, it's yeah. like when I watched the old video game documentaries when before uh, video games had their own section in toy stores, they had to actually put them in like in the boys or the girls section and you had these people literally fighting for shelf space. And that's kind of like, what I guess what people are like, they're like, yeah. get Juneteenth. Yeah. What about Pride Month? <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it just seems that crazy, but we're, you know, what? In a way, we're kind of all on the same team. I, I think John Stewart put it best. He was on uh, Breakfast Club uh, a few days ago. Oh, really? I, I missed that interview. I got to check it out. It's on, uh, I, I was watching it on, uh, it's on YouTube. It's like an hour long, which is good. I like John Stewart. But he was saying that um, one of the problems that we've had coming up, talking about uh, minorities, is that while minorities, especially African-Americans, were busy fighting for equality, uh, white people were building equity which is why they're that much farther ahead of us in that. And like I mentioned on the show before, um, white families on average pass down 10 times the amount of wealth that uh, African-American families do. Mm. And it's because they spent all that time not being hindered and then just building equity while everyone else was just fighting for, you know, just to be equal. So, and it, it's kind of the same thing here with, uh, with the LGBTQ community. Right. You know, even though people are, 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 you know, a celebrity like um, Anderson Cooper can come out and can quote unquote come out of the closet and that'd be fine. But someone else, just an ordinary person could come out and it could be catastrophic for them. Yeah. So, but, and, uh, and I, you know, it, it, the, the month, it, it, time is so weird because it's like, oh, I got plenty of time to talk about Pride Month. And then like today's like the 29th. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus, June is almost over. It's it not like, fucking you know, over. It, it's not like we can't just talk about this at any time. But I think it has a little bit more of an impact during Pride Month. Absolutely. So, but back to the sludge. <laughs> that was a short trip, but much needed. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. Basically, I, I, you know, my whole thing about Joe Biden, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but somebody posted a meme, and you know, I, as much as I said, as much as I enjoy memes, at the same time, sometimes they're fucking annoying. So someone put up a meme on Twitter because I responded to something about Joe Biden on Twitter, and there are these people, you know, every time I get called self-righteous, whether from my Facebook friends or people on Twitter. It's always by people who are basically running the exact definition of self-righteous. 
So it's self-righteous people calling me self-righteous. And I'm just like, do you not know what it means? Or do you just not think that you're not self-righteous? No. But it, it's a stupid meme, and I'm just going to explain it. There's a, a person standing on the tracks, and there's a, tra there's a, a train coming. So the train is going to split into two parts. So there's going to be one person on my right on the meme, and there's five people standing on the tracks on the left. And then it says the person can choose to divert the, the train from the main track, saving five people on the track, but killing the worker on the other track. And then they have the nerve to put a fucking question mark there. Like you're sitting there like, oh, what do I do? First of all, and I wrote back being a jackass, I'm like, why are there five people just standing on the tracks? Is there gold on the tracks? Did somebody fall and the other four helping them up? Why is there just five people just standing on the tracks doing nothing? Okay, the worker, I get it. He's a worker. But couldn't they just move? You know, and that's just me being a jackass. But then I got serious and I said, listen, the problem with your meme is that you're only saying that there's two choices. Right. You should redraw that meme and put an option three, which is to do nothing. And then... Uh, see how many people pick that option. And those people who pick that option, ask them, why did they pick that option? That's the part that they're not getting, all these self-righteous jerknecks on Twitter. I think, well, even if you get into it with them, because the implication is if you do nothing as a third option, then you are, in fact, politically speaking, choosing a side. Right. Because that, the guy who shouldn't win is going to end up winning because you didn't choose a side. Right. So that's what they're, we know that that's what they're getting at, but but the problem is it's not a good parallel. It's not a good parallel. Yeah, They're not doing it in a way that can make me say, oh, I guess I can see where you're coming from. They're just doing it in a brow-beating, condescending way. True. And, and it, it, it kind of turns people off and pushes them away. I know some of you might be saying, but Merce, don't you rag on Trump fans all day and do the same exact thing to them? That is true. That is true. Yeah. All, only difference is I'm not trying to change their minds. I'm just rubbing their nose. In, they, they Basically, they shit in the living room rug, and I'm just rubbing their nose in it. I'm not expecting them to change. <laughs> They're not, we're not getting their vote. I'm just basically, it's like a puppy who shits in the rug and you rub their nose and let them know, hey, this is what you did. Mm. Now, you're, now your nostrils are filled with shit. Your own shit. That's, that's for you. I'm not trying to change their minds. They're trying to change my mind and they're, and they're doing a terrible job of it. Right? But, my, but the reason why I wanted to bring this up, like I said, I'm not going to spend a whole heck of a lot of time on it. Because, I mean, it's not like I don't go over this every single every single week but i poking around i found out something that was really interesting to me right and i was like well what about other countries how do they handle these things right because the thing that always pisses me off about this whole argument about a two-party system is that it's, it's not a two-party system it's just there are two parties that dominate but libertarians run almost every year Green Party's been running the last few elections, right? So why is they, why do they keep saying it? Why do they keep reinforcing that it's a two-party system? That's like in school when people teach you that, that Columbus discovered America. And I'm like, well, how the hell did Columbus discover a country 
that people already live in. You discover something that hasn't been found before. Okay? You don't discover something that people have already owned or were places already people already live in. That's not how it works. And that's not how this works. How is it a two-party system when last election in 2016, there were four political parties that ran? It doesn't make any sense. The whole two-party system thing is that people are trying to limit Americans' exposure to being in government because you have the DNC and the RNC and their job is to keep the riffraff out. Their goal is to serve the corporations, right? And anything else, they just deflect it. So for instance, right? I looked up, oh, uh, England, what's their system like? I am not gonna bother getting into England's parliamentary system because that would take like two shows. I'd have to have like part one and part two to discuss that. It's a huge convoluted system. And it's kind of like the New York subway. To an outsider, you look at the New York subway and you're just like, how, in the, how you know, there's, there's colors and letters and numbers, but any eight year old could go wherever he wants to because they grew up in that system, mm. you know? So as outsiders looking in, we're looking at their parliamentary system. I'm like, this is absolute madness to them. It makes perfect sense. But the thing I like about their system is and I'm not going to go over every single one because there are actually 408 political parties in, uh, in England. Mm. 408. And they divide them out between all these different... Uh, so you have like the House of Commons, which is the main portion of Parliament. Right. And then the Scottish Parliament, the Welsh Parliament, Northern Ireland Assembly, London Assembly, and then local government. Local government, I don't know if they're considered to be seats, but there's like 20,000, I'm going to call them seats for lack of a better term. Right. So here's the thing. You have uh, the Conservative and Unionist Party, which is uh, the Conservative Party of England. Right. You may if you listen to them on the news or people talk about like pundits talking about, they call them the Tories. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's bo- never heard that term before. I'm not paying attention. Sorry. No, that's- I learned something new. <laughs> and that's Boris Johnson's people, right? Then you have the Labour Party. Jeremy Corbyn used to be the leader of that party, and now it's uh, Keir Starmer. And then that's the uh, the Social Democratic Party. So I'm not going to go over all different parliaments, just the House of Commons. So right now, the, uh, the Tories have control. They have 365 out of the 650 seats in the House of Commons. Uh, the Labour Party has 202 seats. Then there's the Scottish National Party that has 48 seats. The Liberal Democrats, who have uh, 11 seats. The Democratic Unionist Party, that have eight seats. Uh, Sinn Féin, I don't even know what that is. But, um, <laughs> but um, they have seven seats. Uh, Plaid, uh, the last part is CYMRU. I'm not going to butcher that, but they have three seats. And then the rest of these people have like Social Democratic and Labour Party, Green Party of England, Alliance Party of Northern Ireland. They have like two and one seats each. And then they have parties without representation in the House of Commons, but they have seats in the other uh, portions of Parliament, right? And the thing is, you can actually have a political party that is all about one issue. So for instance, out of those parties, the top party, well, they're not really the top party, but they're just top on the list, is the Brexit party. 
and that's Nigel Farage's party. And they're basically, their political party is all about one thing, Brexit, and that's it. So you have all these other political parties that may just be there because there's one issue. So my takeaway from their system is, is that, hey, if you got a, a bone to pick in government and you got friends and you have a little bit of influence, hey, you can make your, you can make your own political party. And you can get in there and you can be a part of the government in one way or another. So it's almost like they just want people to be part of the government. In America, nope, you got to know people. You got to have money. <laughs> you know, you got to be able to raise money to be part of the government. Mm -hmm. Because you got to raise money because you serve money. That's the part that people are, you know, my, my well-meaning friends don't really get is that people, like I said last week, they learned how the sausage was made and now they don't like sausage. You know, remember one thing in the last election in 2016, 40% of registered voters didn't vote. And one of the things why Bernie Sanders would have easily beaten Trump, even if there wasn't a pandemic is because Bernie has the ability to bring in people who don't vote and inspire them to vote. That was Bernie's strength. Yeah. So all these people who are harping about Joe Biden's win in South Carolina, guess what? You think Joe Biden's going to win South Carolina in general? No. No, he's not. You know where you really need that strength? In the swing states. In Wisconsin. Okay, but let me ask you this, though. Like, how do you feel about... How do you feel about where shit is going? Because I really feel like, especially at the rate we're going... Mm -hmm. Lockdowns are about to be a thing again. Yes. And when that happens, that means that people are going to be forced to mail in these ballots. So we're not forced to, but I feel like the mailing in of the ballots is going to lead more to increased voter turnout. Like, yes, you don't have to physically turn out. So I don't know. I honestly think because of COVID, Joe has a far better shot. Um, well, opening those those states where people can not be disenfranchised, you know what I mean? Or blatantly disenfranchised with their votes. That's why Donald Trump is already crying the blues about mail-in voting, because he's oh, like, hey, we went through all this trouble to disenfranchise these people, and now all they got to do is mail in their votes? We went through to trouble. me, it's like a cultural shift. We're not even accustomed to doing it that way. It's almost like, you'd, you'd be surprised on how many people who didn't, do I know, who didn't fill out the census. Why? Because it's just like something they don't do. We don't care about mail. We pay our bills online or through the phone. So I just think it's well, going to be harder to win online. that way. I did the huh? census online, though. Yeah, I did my census online, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you're like, I mean, but you're like sophisticated. You're older. You got degrees. You're smart. I'm not saying that other people aren't smart. Right. But I'm just saying that with those with less knowledge, with those with less information, it's not like you learn this stuff in school. It's not like mm -hmm. you learn this stuff through life. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just like foreign, and foreign means ah, ha ha ha. We're gonna get away with it because they're not hip to it. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I, I, I think. I, 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 I don't even think it's that. I think it's really just like people are some shit. Like they don't like like we're dissing. Like we don't trust the government. Rightfully so. We don't trust the government. So it's gonna be on some shit. Like these motherfuckers can't even be trusted when I do show up in person. You right. expect me to trust you with a ballot that I mailed in? 
that you didn't uh, check my ID for it, like you tried to enforce in all these states, you know what well, I mean? Like, that's what people are really afraid of. And I think that's why they, some might be afraid to try, but right. for those that really want to upset the apple cart, like everybody needs to try. And right if they now. do try, then South Carolina has absolutely has a shot of being blue this time right. around. Now, I will say this. I think Georgia has, if they go mail-in ballots, I think Georgia has more of a shot of being blue than uh, than South Carolina. I'm not saying that South Carolina Atlanta can't. don't count. Atlanta is a tiny microcosm of all of Georgia. I feel like, yeah, if you look at overall, like, percentage of, of Atlanta, well, Italians, well, whatever, but right. that's it. Like they gonna be the ones running that shit. But everybody. But, but put it like this though. Look how many. Look how many ballots. Um, what's his name? Brian Kemp had to eliminate just to barely beat Stacey Abrams. Mm. You know, it wasn't like he blew her out. He barely won that election, and he got rid of thousands and thousands and thousands of people off the voter rolls in order to do it. So, I think they. I'm not saying that it would happen. I'm just saying that there's more of a chance of. Um, of Georgia turning blue than South Carolina, but if they, if they do mail-in ballots, I'm not. Yeah, it, it could. It, they could both happen. You know. Now here's the, now here here's where we come in. When I say we, I'm not just talking about just us three. I'm just talking about people in general. We need to be the ones that go out there and educate people and let them know. Hey, listen, you don't just throw in a ballot and they just put it in a bucket and they just count it. It's just like when you go in to vote. When I go in to vote right? What they do is they give me a paper ballot, right? But they don't just give me a paper ballot and I write my name on it. They have a book with all the people who are supposed to vote. So I go in a certain line, right? So I go in a line that has my last name in it and I tell them my name and then they take my sticker off the, uh, off the little book and yep. they place it on top of the ballot. And then I fill out the ballot and I put it in the Scantron, right? So they know that that's my vote. The mail-in ballots is pretty much the same exact thing. When you send in the mail-in ballot, they don't, just, they don't just be like, check. They match those paper ballots against the voter rolls. So yeah, if more than one, if you try to forge somebody's vote, they're going to be like, hey, we got two votes for F. Christopher Blue. What's going on here? And then they'll investigate it. So there's not, yeah. it's not like they just count your vote because you send it in, you know? So we got to let people, if we know people in our lives, anybody who's listening, if you know people, you have people in your lives who are skeptical about paper ballots, this is a true story. Uh, I work customer service, right? I was talking to a woman on the phone and she kept having to put me on hold because her doctor was calling her. Her doctor kept calling her because, and she didn't say why and I did not pry, but her doctor kept wanting her to go to the emergency room. So obviously there was something wrong with her. The doctor kept saying, you need to go to the emergency room. She didn't want to go to the emergency room because, and she didn't exactly say what was wrong with her. She was an older lady, but um, she said, uh, hospitals right now where I live are packed with people who have COVID-19 and hospitals right now are a terrible place for me. So I'm imagining that she may have some sort of autoimmune disease or is just susceptible more to it. And she didn't want to take a chance on going to the emergency room and then catching COVID-19. You know, there are a lot of people who would normally be the first person over to the polls who are probably going to be, who are probably going to be looking into, 
hey, maybe I need to apply for a paper ballot. Now keep one thing in mind, in normal circumstances, uh, you have to apply for a paper ballot. So in other words, if I'm overseas on business or in right. the military, right, I would apply for a paper ballot. But what they're trying to do for a lot of these states is they just want to send them to everybody, right? So this way, you have, if you're not able to make it down to your polling place, you have to, then you can fill it out and send it back in, right? Or if you don't want to go to polling place at all, you could just fill it out and send it back in. So long as it's postmarked by a certain date, right? they will accept your paper ballot. I think, I think it's a great system. I would much rather these things be on paper than by computer because computers are too easy to hack. Oh, absolutely. So that's why some of these states who may, and then before, I would say for the last four or five years, every time they wrote a story about, you know, Texas is about to turn blue, I'm like, eh, fuck out of here with that horse shit. Texas is not turning blue. Now, states like Texas, Georgia, North Carolina, I'm like, huh, we'll just have to wait and see. Like, I'm not being pessimistic about it anymore because of the mail-in ballots. So because of COVID-19, as the, as the gamers say, especially in Overwatch, the meta has shifted. You understand? So there are a lot of elderly folks who normally would be the first people to go out and vote and then go to Old Country Buffet and have breakfast. They can't do that anymore. Now they may just fill out those paper ballots and send it in. Yeah, you know they go to Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel and Denny's. I went, to crack, I went to Cracker Barrel one time. I will tell you one thing. It is so overrated at Cracker Barrel. Jesus it's Christ. The, it's the name. I, I just can't. I can't. With the name. <laughs> I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I'll tell you a quick funny story. This happened back in the 90s. This was told to me I wasn't there. But I used to be in a fire department band, right? I used to play bass drum. And uh, one year I couldn't go up, and then they would go upstate for the big competition, which is a lot of fun. Uh, one year I couldn't go because I couldn't get out of work to go. And my friends told me a story. This happened not too long, maybe like three or four months after the controversy that happened back in the, in the 90s about Denny's, mm. where they had a racist incident at Denny's. Yeah, I remember that. People, people were writing songs about it. It was crazy. So my friend, uh, they were trying to figure out where to go to eat. And they were like, let's go to Denny's. They were like, why would we go to Denny's? He was like, trust me, let's go to Denny's. So you have a crew of a couple of white guys and like three or four black guys. And they walk into Denny's and they, he said they got the best service they ever got in their life. You know, if their glasses were even half full, here you go, here's some more water, sir. Like, cause, cause now they had that whole stigma about being racist. Overcompensate. Yeah. So they were just overcompensating. He said they, got the, they had the best service they ever had at that point in their lives. I just thought that was kind of funny. Because at first they were like, why are we going to race why are we going to race past Denny's? <laughs> uh, and even then, I it ain't worth it. But I'm glad your friends enjoyed their shit. I'll pass. Yeah. Oh God, they had the best sir. I wasn't there, but you know, they would tell me about it and I was like, that's I would never yeah. have heard of that. I'd have been like, I'd have been like, fuck Denny's. He was like, nah, trust me. Now that hustle, <laughs> that hustle that you told the story about with the McDonald's, I'm like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's about as, as good as. And, and, and you know what? It could have been that one time they would have gotten their food right. But nope, nope. They still got it wrong. Like he just knew like, yeah, these people are the worst and they're just going to screw it up. And it wasn't even like he made it up just to get the coupons. I heard what he ordered and I saw what he got. <laughs> it was wrong. 
he relied on them to get it wrong and they didn't let him down. Got it. Yeah. But um I I I mean when I post on my stuff on Facebook, I do get some pushback. And some people are just like, you know, they're like, we know in the end you'll make the right choice. I won't. Okay. But but usually I do. Usually, you know. But there are some people who are just like, you know what, Merce, you're a hater. Why don't you go home, drink some Gatorade and what what you know what the uh, God, I, I botched that Gatorade. up. Why don't you go Gatorade. drink some why don't you go you go drink some Haterade and watch Hate is Enough. And yes, Hate is Enough is a really old reference because I'm old. It was basically like, hey, let's have Brady Bunch okay. we make it prime time. <laughs> it was a boomer joke. Okay. They, right. were like, they were like, you got six kids. Guess what? We got eight. And we're on at 830. That's a lot of eights, ain't it? <laughs> but anyway, um, the one thing that people say, like, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I posted about Cam Newton. Cam Newton is now a New England Patriot. And I, me being, you know, Captain Pessimist, oh, I'm, like, I, I'm like, I give him three games before they bench him. And one of my Why friends was... Why would they bench him? What's up? Why would they bench him? Because him and Belichick are not going to get along. It has nothing to do with his ability. I mean, he's a former MVP. So, yeah, he's got the ability. But I have one black girlfriend from, from Boston. Well, she's... She's from Massachusetts. She's not from Boston, but she is a New England Patriots fan. I actually forgot to answer about this. I'm, I'm pretty sure she's excited about it. Yeah, we'll see. And don't get me wrong, I'm cheering for him. I like Cam Newton, but I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> just, just because him and him and Belichick are going to butt heads. And one of my friends, his, his, uh, his, his brother was like. You know, because I, I think because I made it kind of vague, he thought I was talking about his ability. And, like, we used to play football every Sunday. I didn't see you out there playing football with us. I'm like, yeah, that's because I played on Saturdays. And you know what? That's not me being funny. We actually did play every Saturday. <laughs> How we're still alive and don't have brain damage, I don't know, because we played tackle football, no pads, no, no helmets. Only thing we had on was cleats. That's it. So how we don't have brain damage by now, I have no idea. But what he said today, it made me think about that's how people are when they don't really have, and, and not in his case, but just in, in about politics. The first thing they say is, you couldn't do better. That's, that's, that's their way of saying, I got nothing, so let me try to weasel my way out of this. Well, you couldn't do it. You couldn't be like Joe Biden. You couldn't do a better job. Of course I could do a better job than Joe Biden. Not because of any, uh, not because of his cognitive decline. But I mean, look at his record over the last 30 years. You know, this dude was corporate Democrat 101 for 30 years, but now he's going to be FDR? Yeah, okay. So I thought about it for a little bit. I'm doing something different with this segment. Let's just say through some, if I got one of the Infinity Stones and I became president of the United States, right? What would I do in my first, my first month as president? Right? So now... President Prescott, you're the president. You got your, you got your little book of executive orders. <laughs> like, what do you want to do first? In no particular order, here's what I would do if I was president, right? First month. Army Corps of Engineers would go to Flint, Michigan. They would assess the cost of repairing all the pipes, and it would, it would now become a military operation, meaning the military would pay for it. It's not that hard. Now, I will say this. Normally, that's not something that the Army would do. But Donald Trump opened the door for that by using 
military money to try and build his stupid ass wall. Mm. Because if that's something that could be done, I'll give Obama credit. If that's something that he thought he could do, he would have done it. But Trump broke that rule by using military money to pay for his border wall and call that an emergency. So building a, a border wall to feed your racist fantasies could be used to, uh, you know, build a wall. Yeah, then why can't we just use it to fix the pipes in Flint? And then, and then I, and then I would absolve. I wouldn't even pay those water bills. I would just absolve them. Why are you charging people for poisoned water? That water is poison, yeah. and they're still charging people those water bills. Fuck out of here. We're not doing that. I would assess our military bases around the world and close between 50 and 75% of them. And then I'd use that money for the VA because now we got soldiers coming home. We're going to need that aid. And I would give soldiers raises. We have 800 military bases in 70 countries around the world. And that's after a whole bunch of them were already closed. We have 800 bases left. Now, of course, the reason why I only say 50 to 75% of them is because Unfortunately, we have allies that we got to protect. So it's not like we can bring them home, right. you know, from uh, Japan and stuff like that, because, you know, then North Korea would get froggy. You know, we got to protect our allies in Europe. We got to protect our allies in the Middle East. I didn't even talk about uh, Israel today, but that'd be, we're just, we're just, we're just working the first month. I'll get to that. <laughs> I would release all federal prisoners who have marijuana charges. Because the only reason why I'm only doing federal because I don't have jurisdiction in the states. Got it. Okay. So anybody who has a marijuana charge, your record is expunged and you can go about Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're taking the AOC approach where instead of finding ways to legalize it. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to get to that. Okay. But um, but no, that's what AOC says. Like the priority should be on, um, actually releasing people, uh, first and then, yes, money off of it, not the other way around. Whereas most governments are focusing on ways to make money first. Yeah, and that part I had this. I, I wanted to talk about that too, but I wanted to study that problem a little bit more, because I don't want all of a sudden like uh, Philip Morris to start making marijuana, you know, cigarettes, and then making money off of that. I want it to be more of a local thing, especially for the people who have already been affected by it, to let them have first crack at getting, and like I said, I didn't really know how that part of it worked. So I wanted to study that part more. So I'm keeping this part of it simple. If you have a federal charge for marijuana, you're, you're, you are now free, and your record is expunged. And marijuana would no longer be a Schedule One drug. Now, here's the thing about that. Right. And here's where I want your input on this, Odie. Okay. I didn't know this, but I always hear about schedule one and schedule two drugs. There's five schedules. Okay. So bear with me on this. Okay. Schedule one is where marijuana is now. Right. So schedule one drugs uh, are defined as drugs with no accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. Okay. So you have um, LSD is part of it, heroin, um, ecstasy, uh, cocaine, even though cocaine used to have a medical use, doesn't really have it anymore. They used to use it in dentistry to help numb your teeth 
while they drill into them. And of course- And they actually still do utilize it to some degree in plastic surgery. Yeah, to some degree. And it's funny you mentioned that, Blue, because there's actually uh, the coca leaves they use for Coca-Cola don't have cocaine in them anymore. So basically, they pull all the cocaine out of it and use the recipe for flavoring, and they still use some of that cocaine for uh, medical purposes. Go figure. And you wondered why did Michael Jackson get so much plastic surgery? (laughs) Why would this cocaine in Schedule 2, though? Like, that shit don't make no sense. No, it's cocaine in Schedule 1. But I I see what you're saying. No, I'm at the DEA website, and it says, uh, but well, it says a combination of products with less than 15 milligrams of hydrocodone per dosage unit, which would be, they put Vicodin in parentheses, and then cocaine. And they had the Schedule 2 on your site or Schedule 1? I am on DEA.gov. It's under Schedule 2. Uh, schedule 3, uh, Tylenol with codeine is an example. Ketamine, anabolic steroids, testosterone. Right. Also in Schedule 2, uh, which, of course, these are white people, drugs, Ritalin, Adderall, fentanyl, oxy, cocaine. Cocaine is in schedule two. You know what? Peyote, peyote was on schedule one, which I'm like, who the, I'm like, who the, like, what year are we in? Like, I've only heard <laughs> of peyote in movies, and they were old movies, like really, really old movies, at least from the 70s. So I'm like, I don't even know what that is. They got people in my old town doing PCP. I'm like, what'd y'all find a wormhole to 1972 hanging out with Dolomite smoking PCP? I'm like, what is an after school special from the 70s where people do PCP and jump out of windows? Fuck out of here. Peyote, Jesus Christ. So last time I see somebody do peyote, it was like a Cheech and Chong movie. You know what I mean? So it was just like, Jesus. But um, the um, I had actually found something on that and they had cocaine in schedule one. And then I do see where it is because we're on the same site. And then now it is Schedule Two, but um, but Schedule Two is basically it's, it's funny the whole thing between Schedule One and Schedule Two. To me, the only difference is is that these are still dangerous drugs, but they just make money off of it. Black I mean, people it, drugs it, and white people drugs. That's how I see it. If you watch uh, Intervention, basically. Most of these drugs we talked about in Schedule 2, that's what they're addicted to. They had an episode, they had this girl, she had, uh, like, her whole floor of her apartment was littered with boxes of fentanyl lollipops. They just yeah. give them to her. <laughs> she has a prescription. Oh, oh, you have some back pain? Here. Here's 50 fentanyl lollipops. <laughs> Painkillers, meth, oxy, fentanyl. Adderall and Ritalin. That sound like that sound like white people drugs to me. Yeah. The ones that they trying to open all these rehab centers for. Meanwhile, Schedule One. I mean, is this like a hierarchy? Like, is that what it, is that why they call it one through five? Yeah, pretty much. So if it's a hierarchy, then what the fuck? Like, <laughs> where's the weed? Like, where's the weed rehab facilities? If it's such an epidemic, why the fuck? Are there no weed rehab facilities? You ever watch, um, not How High, I didn't even like that movie, uh, Half-Baked with Dave Chappelle. Yes. Where Dave Chappelle gets booed off the stage at rehab. <laughs> he tried to talk oh, about- yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, they were like talking all these crazy stories, sharing these ex- uh, crazy experiences about their addiction. I and they keep on talking about, yeah, I'm, I'm addicted to weed. Like, <laughs> like, real addiction? Like, get the fuck off the stage. And <laughs> dude, it was like, I, I'm pretty, I haven't seen it in years. I'm saying it wrong. He's like, I had to suck a dick for crack. Did you ever have to suck a dick for weed? <laughs> he just, they, just, they literally boo him off the stage at rehab. Ah, oh, that's funny as hell. And they had, uh, what we had? Schedule three, which was uh, drugs with a moderate to low potential for physical and psychological dependence. And then, like you mentioned, Tylenol with codeine, ketamine, and then steroids. Now, this, the anabolic steroids is funny to me because as far as I knew, anabolic steroids were illegal. Now, I know they're illegal to use in sports, right? But um, I do, and I do know some people who are very sick. Nah, had, people use them for like, um, they use them for like lung, lung, like if your lungs are weak behind asthma or COPD or whatever, you would be prescribed that to strengthen your breathing. No, no, do they, I, and I'd, I'd, be like, start, I'd be trying to steal it. I'd be stealing. Oh, you're cutting out, Blue. I steal them from my clients so I can get buff. <laughs> I don't know if you want to say that that loudly. <laughs> so basically, you're telling us you have a small penis. Thanks, Blue. <laughs> Small bean and, and, and back knee. No, I am from Haiti and our dicks are bigger than Jamaicans. So now I might have a not extra large, but not extra, extra large like it was, but now it's just extra large. <laughs> okay. uh, now it's just six inches above his knee. <laughs> then you got no, 10.5 <laughs> right now. Currently 10.5 inches, three inches in girth. <laughs> I wish I had the right. Mm-hmm. I'm moving too slow. I, I would have. I should have put an image up on the screen. But anywho, <laughs> and then then you got your schedule four stuff, which is uh, substances of chemicals that are defined as drugs with a low potential for abuse and low risk of dependence. So they have Xanax, uh, Valium, Ambien, stuff like that in there. And then finally, schedule five. Which is low potential for lower potential than abused in Schedule Four, and have limited qualities of certain narcotics. So they have like Robitussin AC, which I guess has uh, codeine in it, you know, and a bunch of other stuff I'd never heard of before. But um, where would you put? I would just put it on the like marijuana. I just put it on the Schedule. I don't know. I guess I put it on the Schedule Four, Five if I can get away with it. Definitely wouldn't be one through three. We won't. We won't even. Where's tobacco? Where's tobacco on there? It did not mention tobacco on there. Now I would have put. Now here's the thing. I'd put tobacco tobacco kills more. Since tobacco kills more people, and when you talk about dependency, yeah, I put. I'm gonna take marijuana totally off of it. No, still a drug. Still, still a drug. So it would have to like if we must. If we must, then yes, I would. But containing limited quantities, uh, yeah, I would go for. Well, well, if tobacco's not on there, isn't it still a drug? Isn't caffeine a drug? Oh, they. I mean, this isn't an all-encompassing list. Right. So they just, they they just give examples. Some but, examples. I don't know where those particular drugs fall in, but they gave us some examples to go by. So yeah. I'm gonna go with four. 
Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna go with ten. <laughs> Substances or chemicals are defined as drugs with a low potential for abuse and low risk of dependence. Yeah. Yes. Four. Final answer. I was thinking four, but I was like, I, I could go five if I could get away with it. But yeah, I, I would go, I would go four. And then of right. course, and of course, open it up for medical use, especially in the use of treating uh, seizures. Because you have some people who have to move to other states to be able to get uh, seizure drugs for their kids. Because uh, cannabis is actually an excellent seizure drug. And, well, anti-seizure drug, I should say. Yep. Yep. And, and basically, there are some people who live in states where they don't allow uh, marijuana for medical use. So they literally have to pack up everything and move to another state in order to treat their kids. Because, I mean, it's not like they have a seizure and it's like, oh, man, seizure again? No, like any seizure could be the one that just kills them. You know? So, uh, yeah, I, I would do that. And then also, um, I would have all... Now, here's the part where it's going to get muddy, okay? I'd have all the refugee children who were put in cages reunited with their families, no matter the cost. I realized this would not be a thing that would be wrapped up in two months because Trump made a huge mess of this, okay? If these kids were given up for adoption, we challenge the adoptions. We use DNA tests to reunite them with their families. And if we have all their families together in the U.S., we give them green cards, you know? I, I, and we you know, swap them out with the white kids. <laughs> You know, I have a, a, I'm not that big on illegal immigration, but I have a huge soft spot for, for refugees. And Donald Trump decided to screw the rules up to turn people who would normally be refugees into illegal immigrants, just so he could put them in cages. You know, what, you know, the, the conservatives response is, well, Obama built the cages. So, but yeah, Obama may have built the cages, but Trump is the one who filled them. Okay. Um, I would form a committee to watch over any Trump appointed judge that was not fit to serve and had no prior judicial experience. And if they screw up and they will screw up, I'd ask my allies in Congress to have them impeached because I found out recently that yes, a federal judge serves for life, but they can be impeached by Congress. Mm. So I would have somebody keep an eye on them. I'd form a committee and if they I mean, some of the decisions that the Supreme Court has made lately is basically that goes against Trump is basically because Trump asked them to do something that they couldn't do and explain it away because they still have rules to follow, you know? So they can't just be like, well, you know, Trump likes it, so I'm with it. That doesn't work. They still have their rules to follow. But we're paying attention to the Supreme Court. We're not probably paying attention to some jackass federal judge in uh, in Nebraska, you know. And and speaking of Trump's people, I'd also had Betsy DeVos investigated, and if she made any profit off of her time as Secretary of Education, prosecutor and put her in prison. She fucked up them kids' lives in her time as Secretary of Education. And then to piggyback off of that, I would repeal the rule that states that you cannot choose your student loan handler. Okay, if you get a student loan through the government, right? Yes, it's gonna be a low interest loan compared to private banks. Private banks are charging anywhere up to 7%. Uh, government, maybe like three and a half percent, right? But the problem is they give you a handler and that handler uh, could suck. I have Nelnet 
for mine. And yeah, Nelnet's, yeah. Nel, Nelnet's not bad. I haven't had any problems with Nelnet. But there are some of these providers who are absolutely god-awful. And they do everything they can to help you make decisions that will uh, make you uh, basically just... Uh, Regret your degree? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the reason why they could do that is because you can't change them. You can't get rid of them. It's like if you have Sprint and Sprint sucks, you could be like, well, I'll just go AT&T. But sure. by law, if you have Sprint, in this case, you got to keep Sprint so Sprint can continue to fuck you in the ass, no Vaseline, and there ain't shit you could do about it. So I would repeal that law. Mm. So basically, if you have a shitty provider, you could just leave and go to a different provider or a different handler, I should say, because the government's right. providing the loans. And eventually... If you're terrible enough and enough people leave, you go out of business, you know? And that's just the tip of the iceberg of what I would do. But I mean, when people, when people challenge me, like, well, you can't do better than Biden. Sure I can. It's easy. Just follow the will of the people within reason. I mean, if the people wanted, hey, you know what? I, I have a diabetic center. We should have a chocolate fountain. I'm not going to follow that because it's the will of the people because those people are fucking stupid. But if it's something that could help a lot of people and something that we could definitely afford, I mean, the government created trillions of dollars out of thin air, like magicians. Right, that part. And then they gave it all, they gave it all to the rich. Hmm. Ain't shit trickle down this way. Nope. Gotta get my hands on some, that's for sure. I think Louis Black, I think it was Louis Black. He was like, you wanna know how trickle down economics works? Um, take a, t have somebody, uh, pee their pants, right? And then put a pen under them and see how much of that pee drips into that pan. <laughs> That's trickle down economics. You know, you can see it, but it ain't going nowhere. Okay, there is no such thing as trickle down economics. They call it that because that was the theory. And it wasn't even a theory. Trickle down economics is basically the Obamacare of uh, political namings. Because I forget what it was that Reagan called it, but there was a major article and they called it trickle-down economics because they said Reagan's plan was to give all the money to the rich and then maybe if we're lucky, some of it will trickle down into the hands of the working class and the poor. And that's why they keep calling it trickle-down economics. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't work. It's never worked and they still keep doing it. So... And we're running close to being out of time. Time just flies. Like for I was like, oh, I mean, I may have too much time. And now I'm like, we almost out of time. <laughs> it's like the dude, uh, what's up with that? After he does a whole intro and then he sits down to talk like, well, we out of time. <laughs> I have no idea what that clip is. You have to put it in the group chat. Okay. Oh, definitely. That, that dude is hilarious. That, the dude, um, uh, Keenan, uh, I keep forgetting his name. From uh yeah, from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll put that in chat. I, okay. I love I love that routine. He doesn't do it anymore, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I don't like his stuff. I think he's corny as fuck. Oh no, I like him. Black Jeopardy is funny as hell. I don't care. That is my shit. Like yeah. The only that, time um, and when he was on um all that that little scene where he would be the French speaking dude and say these really ridiculous phrases, that always tickled me. Those two, I'll always associate with him, but Black Jeopardy is funny as hell. I like when he was um, uh, LeVar Ball. 
<laughs> and he, uh, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'll post that. But anyway, let me get ready to wrap this up. I, w I want you guys to forgive me in advance. There's a lot of reading here. Okay. But this is important. And I'm going to try to skim through some of it because we're running out of time. Okay. This is from BillMoyers.com. And he's talking about a recent New York Times and Wall Street Journal uh, story that came out. Okay. Uh, this evening in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal both broke extraordinary news. Months ago, American intelligence officials concluded that during peace talks to end the war in Afghanistan, a Russian military intelligence group offered to, offered to Taliban-linked fighters bounties for killing American troops, and also they paid up. Although it's unclear which of the 20 U.S. deaths happened under that deal. Okay. Um, the military intelligence unit official was uh, judged to be the, behind the program. The GRU is the same one that engaged in a so-called hybrid war against America and other Western countries, destabilizing them through disinformation, cyber attacks, and covert military operations and assassinations, urging deadly attacks on American and NATO troops and a significant escalation of that hostility. New York Times reporter Michael Schwitz, SCHW. IRTZ, I'm just gonna call him Michael, um, tweeted, it's hard to overstate what a major escalation this is from Russia. Election meddling and the occasional poisoning are one thing. Paying the Taliban to kill American troops is something else entirely. According to New York Times, the National Security Council discussed the intelligence finding in late March and came up with a range of responses, none of them which has been deployed. The NSC can handle, could include, now, Bear with me here. Can include a number of different officials, but by law, it includes the president, Mike Pence, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Secretary of Defense uh, Mark Esper, Secretary of Energy Dan Brulette, if I'm, I'm pretty sure I pronounced his name wrong, and Secretary of the Treasury Steve Mnuchin. It usually includes Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, General Mark Miley, uh, National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien and Director of National Intelligence, who in March was acting DNI Richard Vernell and is now John Ratcliffe. So U.S. Senator Chris Murphy took to Twitter to note that Congress had not been informed of the information. And they said they should have been told and not, and not just leadership or the intel community. Now, instead of addressing this extraordinary intelligence, Trump strengthened his ties to Russia which have been rocky since Russia invaded Ukraine in 2014. This part I want to skimp over because we're running out of time. On May 3rd, Trump called Putin and talked for an hour and a half, a discussion Trump called very positive. He tweeted, had a long and very good conversation with President Putin of Russia. As I've always said, long before the witch hunt started, getting along with Russia, China, and everyone else is a good thing, not a bad thing. On May 21st, the U.S. sent Humanitarian aid packages worth 5.6 million to Moscow to help fight coronavirus there. The shipment included 50 ventilators with another 150 promised for the next week. Keep in mind that was at a time when the U.S. was running out of ventilators. And they were literally having like Hunger Games type things to get ventilators. Okay, keep that in mind. On June 1st, Trump called Putin and talked about including Russia in the G7 the international organization of seven major countries with the largest advanced uh, economies in the world. Um, I'm going to skip some of this. After, uh, Russia was uh, kicked out of G7, well, they were the G8 at the time, 
after they invaded Ukraine. Trump told reporters Russia should be in the group because a lot of the things we talk about have to do with Russia. That, that's, that's our president, y'all. That, that, that's his, his, his thing. That's like saying, you know what? Derek Jeter should be back on the Yankees because we talk about Derek Jeter all the time. That's his logic. On June 15th, news broke that Trump has ordered the removal of 9,500 troops from Germany where they support NATO against Russian aggression, right? Now, keep in mind, there's still 25,000 troops there, okay? All of these friendly overtures of Russia were alarming enough when all we knew was that Russia attacked the 2016 U.S. election and is doing so again in 2020. But it is far worse uh, that those overtures took place while the administration knew that Russia had actively targeted American soldiers. Now, as of this morning, Trump has denied that he even knew about it, even though they, by law, he's to be briefed on stuff like that. So the first, so all those names I read, the first half of those names, they're required by law to be briefed about that. It's other people's fault that he wasn't paying attention. That's all. Yeah. Or basically there weren't enough, there weren't enough, uh, you know, stuff for him to color, you know. Or maybe, I mean, who knows? Like, I feel like at this point, there might be a couple of infiltrators in there that just might be willing to risk it all. They was hoping, maybe they didn't brief him because they was hoping like, shit. Maybe if he don't find out, they'll come get his ass, and then it'll it really will be a surprise. I don't know. Yeah, but Trump knew, and he figured that's his boy, and he's gonna just protect him, you know, because he just wants so badly to be like like Putin, you know. I mean, here's my thing, right? You remember Benghazi, right? I think like three people died in Benghazi, and conservatives lost their damn minds. Not that those three lives weren't important, but just think about it along these lines. That's all you heard on all the conservative sites. Three Americans died and it's all Hillary's fault. She should burn in hell. Like that's how they were talking. And every time I went to a, a restaurant or a bar near my, in my neighborhood, there would always be like two dudes talking about how much they hate Hillary because Hillary was involved in Benghazi, right? Remember when Kaepernick knelt, uh, you know, in protest about police brutality and all the conservatives like, he's disrespecting the troops. He should never play football again. He should have cancer of the eyes. He's a terrible human being. I tried to find out on Twitter how conservatives felt about Trump selling out our troops and I couldn't hear anything over the sound of all those crickets. Just crickets everywhere. Like there are no hashtags about it. Like they're just keeping their mouth shut. So just like everything else in conservative ideology, it's all horseshit. It's all bullshit. They support the troops until they really have to support the troops. And then they're, then they're just, you know, it, you know what it's kind of, you know, it kind of feels like, it kind of feels like when you were a little kid and you ask your mom, mom, I want a Cabbage Patch doll. Can I get a Cabbage Patch kid? Can I get a Cabbage Patch kid? Can I get a Cabbage Patch kid? And you get a Cabbage Patch kid and three weeks later, it's just sitting in the corner. His face is all dirty. Thinking more about um, yeah, some shits that people collected in the two thousands. Oh, the Beanie Babies! <laughs> holy, holy Jesus, God! They had a dude like uh, on uh on QVC selling Beanie Babies. Mm -mm. He really made you feel like if you didn't have USA Beanie Baby or Halloween Beanie Baby, that your central nervous system would shut down. And he was so passionate about. It. I know there were some people like. 
well, I can't have my central nervous system cut, shut down. I'm going to order 20 of them. And some people thought they're going to be worth money. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, these little tiny rag dolls could be worth money. Get the fuck out of here, you jackasses. They may as well have just bought Iraqi dinars from QVC. That's how dumb they were. But anyway, it was basically just like conservatives care about nothing. So when, they, when, so when they're passionate about something, they're just doing it to own the libs or they're just doing it because they don't want to face facts that what they believe in is wrong. So in other words, it's almost like when Cap was kneeling to protest police brutality, right? They threw the troops in the way to just as a way to defuse the situation because you, if you remember, the conversation stopped being about police brutality and it started being about Kaepernick disrespecting the troops. Now you have a foreign power targeting our troops, paying the Taliban money to murder them. Actual real threats. Actual threats. Kaepernick kneeling in front of the U.S. flag has killed no one. The Taliban killed our troops for money, for prize money. And these fucking maggot-infested nutsacks are just quiet about it. They got nothing to say. They don't know what to do. So, because they believe in nothing, nothing at all. You got people, somebody had a, had a meme today. They were like, and they showed somebody with, you know, in a KKK mask, and then they showed, you know, one of your, uh, your, uh, your COVID masks, and they're like, how could they breathe comfortably in these masks and not in these masks? And I'm not saying that all conservatives are in the KKK. Let's just get that out of the way. What I'm saying is, is that whenever they believe in something, it's basically just to defuse a situation, to, to defuse a conversation. They don't really give a fuck about the troops. They don't, they don't give one shit about the troops. When, when they want a rise in military spending, where does that money go? That money goes to the defense contractors. It doesn't go to the troops. As I said before on the show. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you align with Republican ideology or Trump? Oh, your, your mic is cutting out, Blue. Oh, hold on. Did we lose Blue? This is for Blue in the meantime. Oh, okay. <laughs> you should definitely dial it in. All right. But if he comes back on, I'll let him in, but hmm. Okay. Can you put anything in the group chat? Uh, hold on. Let me, let me double check. Not yet. Yeah, Blue's having, Blue's having te he's having technical difficulties. So, but I mean, it, it's like every time I think I could have like no respect for conservatives, it's not even the stuff that they do, it's the stuff that they don't do, you know? Put it like this. You remember when conservatives, all they cared about was the cops? And then, you know, they cared about cops, they cared about firemen, and then they... You know, they were the first responders at 911, at 911, at 911, and that's all they talked about was uh, respect the police, respect the fire department. They were the first responders, right? And then when it came time to give them their due, because a lot of them got sick, 
really sick from breathing in all that powdered uh, fluorescent lights and, and all that stuff from the, from the World Trade Center because they were the first responders. They were the first one there, right? And when it came time to say, okay, well, now we're going to pay for your treatments to help you get better, where, where we're conservatives. Oh, it's a lot of money, though. It's a lot of money. And then maybe we should cut something to help pay for it. What the fuck are you talking about? These people literally gave their lives to help other people when the towers fell. And all conservatives did. You remember, uh, what was it, Family Guy, when Lois ran for office and she won because her speech was basically just her saying 9-11 in different tones? Mm. No, definitely. Um, I'm not like a huge Family Guy fan, but yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll post that too. But that's what they were all about. And Jon Stewart gave them a thrashing on his show. Because when the Droga bill came up, they had to fight until the 11th hour to get it passed. And then they had to fight even harder to get that money refilled when it ran out. Because as it turns out, uh, cancer treatments ain't cheap. <laughs> so it's, they don't really care about anything. So now that Moscow was denied it, as far as conservatives are concerned, it's over. They're like, oh, well, Moscow denied it, so it didn't happen, la, 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 la. What, what made me kind of confused about the whole 9-11 thing, uh-huh. sloppy segue, was uh-huh. that the, the man who bought that building a couple months prior put that terrorist insurance policy on it. Why didn't he have to pay for it since it was his building that happened to harm these people? Now that I don't know. I didn't know anything about that part. So, if you guys- I'm gonna need you to up your ante on your documentaries on Netflix. <laughs> I was just about to say, if there's a link, shoot me a link later on. I'll check it out, definitely for sure. Because I will say one thing with, with 9-11, there were a lot of times where, I mean, usually I don't, I'm not big on conspiracy theories, but there were some theories coming out and I was like, yeah, why did that happen? That seemed fishy. <laughs> so, but I mean, I, I get, I don't even know if I get sick and tired of it because to get sick and tired of something, you have to actually feel it. And it's like, I'm almost like I'm numb to how horrible conservatives are, you know, but it always tricks me because they get so passionate about something. So when they were all about the troops, you would figure like, you know, put it like this. Only time conservatives join the army is if they think it'll help their political career. Okay. Someone like Tom Cotton, who served in the military. Someone like, uh, like Dan Crenshaw, who actually lost an eye over it, right? So at least he had the courage of his convictions to be out there in the infantry or wherever he was where he lost that eye, you know? And I'm not above calling him a one-eyed fuck because you know why? Because mm. he's, 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 he's tea party, you know? So he can, so he'll, that's his whole thing. Like, you know, he gave all for his country and now he wants to take away your health care. He wants to cancel your unemployment insurance. Like, why would I? All right, I have no right to rag on his eye like that. But at the same time, it's like he has no right to take away people's health care just because he can, just because just he's Tea Party. Diabolical. That is diabolical. And then that, that eye patch makes him already look like a villain. Exactly. So, so, it, so it doesn't even. So, doesn't how would he feel his little Popeye self without insurance? He has nothing to worry about that because he's military. Okay. He's always, he's always going to have insurance. <laughs> That's why he doesn't give a shit about no one else. And where is he a, a, a rep for? Fucking Houston. If you look at Houston's uh, 
if you look at their map, their election map, they are gerrymandered as fuck. A lot of these other states and a lot of these other places, they are either perfect squares or if they're jagged, it's because they're close to the border of the state itself. But Houston, it's all over the place. That's how that's how they that's how uh, a Tea Party dude like uh, Dan Crenshaw can win that state, you know. But I mean, I, I it, there's no bottom with these people, no bottom at all. And every time I think, okay, well, this is the lowest they can go, then they just then you find, oh, there's a basement here. You know, it can go either it can go even lower. Man, I wrote a song about that in the nineties. It was like, how low can you go? How low can you go? How low can you go? At least at least that had a fun dance behind it. <laughs> this is no uh what was that? Was that Cha Cha slide? I think so. I get I get them all mixed up. I, I know all these dance songs. I can't dance. I dance like Frankenstein with his pants on fire. No, fool, I told you it was my song and I called it How Low Can You Go? <laughs> Oh man, it, it, you know what it's like. It's like going, it's like going to hell, and then the devil's like, "Hey, we got a room for you right here, right next to the furnace." <laughs> so, I I, I I will see what becomes of this, but I'm pretty sure nothing's going to become of it because the conservatives are just going to sweep it under the rug. And we'll see if the Democrats have the courage of their convictions to keep this going. Because you figure, between this and coronavirus, hell, Joe Biden might just win without having to do anything. But we'll see how the Democrats play this. But I, I will be keeping my eye on this story and I'll, I'll not be updating it as it goes along. Odie, what are your final thoughts? Stay your ass home. If you can, because that curve has not been flattened. So just stay your ass home if you can. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. And, you know, keep, keep an eye out, like, because ballots, mailing those in, looks like it's about to be our reality. So make sure you keep your eyes on the practice. Yeah, and it's like just stay abreast of like deadlines. That's my main thing because I've been like really bad at procrastinating lately. But I definitely will not procrastinate when it comes to those. Yeah, to this election. I mean, my polling place is never really a lot of people, so I'm probably going to attempt to just go there. But uh, if I do get a mail-in ballot, I may just do that instead. If I get in enough time, just to be on the safe side. I'm a I'm a type two diabetic. So even though I have my mask on, there's always going to be some freedom-loving jackass who's going to be like, I'm an American. I can cough in my hands and shove them in your open wounds if I feel like. So yeah, there's always going to be one, even in my quiet, sleepy little town. Mm -hmm. Mr. Blue, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are invest in yourself. Get yourself a concealed gun license and buy yourself a gun. When we get our second round of stimulus checks, those who are eligible, please enroll in a <clears throat> concealed weapons class and buy yourself a nine millimeter Beretta. You know, I, I saw a picture of, uh, of, of a couple. I forget where they were. I'll, I'll talk more about it on Saturday. But I guess there were protesters in their neighborhood. I guess they lived in the suburbs. So the dude was standing on his front lawn with an AR-15 and his wife had a handgun and she looked like she had no idea how to use his handgun. It's a little handgun too. And she just looked like she was going to shoot herself in the foot with it. And I was just like, and then somebody, I posted a picture, I had a caption like, 
Fox News did to our parents what they thought that gangster rap was going to do to us. So if you do decide to get a gun, right, please, for the love of Jesus, take lessons and learn how to use it. And not I just, just said enroll in a concealed weapons class. Yeah. And not just learn how to how to fire it and how to clean it, but when to use it. Too. We got to kill the white people. No, we don't got to do that. Boy, boy. Don't, don't, don't put me in that. Don't, don't put me in that conversation. Yeah, please, please. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to have the NSA uh, come after me. So. Oh, good. Kill them. Anyway, good night. Let me. Good night. Go ahead, go ahead and play us off, Merce. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. They killed us for... <laughs> Don't worry. I'm muted him. Bye. <laughs> oh, if you haven't already, uh, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown. You can catch us on uh, any place where you can get podcasts except for iHeartRadio, at least in the meantime. And um, we'll just keep it short. Uh Everybody stay safe out there. Wear your mask if you go out in public and uh, check your election website to see if they're going to send you a paper ballot and uh, make sure you vote. All right. Good night, everyone. Bye, guys. listening to Little
listening to Little 